Hello and welcome to In Search of Tracks podcast. We're fitter, we're happier, we're more productive. We're not drinking too much. Hi, Bob. How are you? I'm good. Hi, Pete. How are you? I'm okay. It's been a crazy, crazy day and uh, I'm going on vacation on Thursday, so I'm trying to tie up a lot of loose ends. It's been very busy, um, but I'm excited for it. Uh, um, How long are you gone? I'm gone from Thursday to Friday, so... Oh, full, nice. A nice full little, week. Nice. Gotta love a full week vacation. Um, pro trick for some of the listeners out there. If you leave on a Sunday and come back on a Sunday, so it's seven days whole, you really are on a trip for about five days. Correct. Uh, with two travel days. So <clears throat> I get it. <clears throat> Just did a trip. Actually, what did, what did we do? We did a Friday to a Saturday. The flight wasn't too long. We still had travel days. The Friday was mostly a travel day, but we made the most of it. It felt like a good day. And then the Saturday was just straight up a wash. That doesn't even count. So we had a Saturday to a Friday, six-day trip, where six days were actual vacation days. You know, So yep. uh, everybody should keep that in mind as you book your travel. Pete, Summertime. People are traveling. What uh, what what was today? Give me the uh, the rundown. You were busy getting lots of stuff together. Yeah. So, I mean, just, um, you know, so I'm a freelance guy. I have my own clients and stuff. So I'm just trying to let everybody know that I'm not going to be available. Mm-hmm. Um, but also at the same time, tying up any projects that I'm working on. So just a lot of work stuff, um, moving calendars around. I'm sure a certain segment of our audience will know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, and then some unexpected news. Uh, an old friend of mine, his father passed away. Um, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, so it's a bummer, but um, I'm going to attend his funeral on Wednesday. So it's oh. one of those things where I'm I'm moving things around to make that happen as well. And then we head out on uh, Thursday afternoon. So it's just a lot of things. And then, you know, one of these things that I realized at a certain age, I think you just need to have a black suit. Yes, you I, do. Yeah, I, that's I don't right. have a black suit. So I went over to my brother's house. I tried on his dark blue suit which i think will suffice yes um and uh you know just a lot of a lot of things so i got my suit going on wednesday it's all gonna be good moving parts well well um you know it it comes in like a lion and goes out with like a lamb uh we're getting the business end in here pete i had a whirlwind weekend uh sick baby visiting in-laws unexpected trip to the city uh, then driving back north to drop at Newark Airport. Oh man, I was uh, a lot of busyness this past weekend. Heading into a relatively busy week, so I'm right there with you, comrade. Uh, yeah. Let's, but but life, but Bob. life. Oh, life. life. How about it? <laughs> but let's talk about the magic that is life, because uh, you know I I just got back from Mexico uh, less than a week ago. You you were on your way to. Uh, the shores of Europe. I am very excited about that. Um, the world is pretty magical. Uh, and I'm pretty excited about, well, we've got a few behind the scenes. We're recording a few episodes today, but um, I'm pretty excited about this one we're about to do. Yeah, I think this will be good. Um, this is one I was thinking the other day, just just to keep in the back of your mind. I, I, think, I think we're overdue for a record that I'm not familiar with. I had the same thought. Yeah. Yeah. 
because those are fun and i right. I, uh, I get i get that pleasure all the time <laughs> yeah 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 i i i feel, I feel like we got to sneak some things in there so okay. so maybe like pearl jam on the horizon or something we'll see another but, pearl jam you well, know uh, gonna... I, maybe that yeah I, I mean i was just thinking like later era whatever we'll talk yeah, about no, it later, i mean but... you know like i know you're hankering to get deeper into uh, the pearl I, jam well you know dude i had friends that were very upset about me for how highly i ranked <laughs> 10 by the way um We'll I, I tell the them to uh, revisit. I think they uh, desperately um, <laughs> need to find uh, God in their life, and that God might be Stone Gossard and, and Eddie Vedder. So that's fine. Um, True. But today we're talking about Radiohead, OK Computer. OK Computer. Came out in 1997. That's right. They were, they were very concerned with standards of living, I think, <laughs> uh, particularly on this record. So, um, yeah, this is a big one. I mean, they sold a lot of copies of this record, Bob. Yeah, this is a big record by. Um, <clears throat> okay, so let's let's play this game real quick before we talk about our whole thing. Is Radiohead a top ten bands of the nineties? I think they have to be. Yeah, I think they have to be too. Now, I'll I'll you know quantify, clarify, asterisk. If we're talking artists and not just rock bands, they might get nudged into the top 15 or 20. Sure. But if we're talking rock bands, um, yeah, I, I think undoubtedly. So maybe, um, you know, I, I, I don't know if you know this because this is kind of like one of those, those things. I, I have some friends that, are weird like me in this way where it's like, oh yeah, I have this whole concept that I've spent lots of time thinking about. Have I talked to anyone else in the world about it? No, not really. Um, <laughs> but I think that decades uh, looking at stuff, whatever it is, culture especially, um, in 10-year lengths has sort of been become our, our metric system default. Mm-hmm. And I think it's more appropriate to look at it in five-year lengths. It gives you a little more clarity. And I think that we see cultural turnover more readily in a five-year length than we do in a 10-year. Especially recently, I feel like. Yeah. Well, I mean, here's the thing. Just in your head, think about music from 1960 to 1965. Mm -hmm. Let's say 61 to 65. Radically different than 66 to 70. Yep. 71 to 75 pretty different than pretty 76 different. to 80 yep 81 to 85 86 to 90 so um radiohead maybe the most important rock band from in the of the late 90s i think that's almost assured the only competition might be oasis yeah i think those I think are so. the two i think those are the two so um i think it's uh <sighs> A really interesting band to talk about, contextualize. I don't know how they're remembered in terms of like now. I mean, I think people know who Radiohead is. Yeah, they're classic rock at this point, <laughs> right? I but, mean, like like all of the '90s bands, really. Well, exactly. So, so <clears> like <throat> as as you know, uh, '80s babies who were children of the '90s and aughts really of the 90s for me and then the the tiniest of scrunch into the two aughts and you just a little bit too Mm -hmm. um for to scale you know essentially 
for somebody into music in the late 90s looking back in the same way someone might look back at Radiohead or this record would be roughly equivalent to looking at the late 60s or early 70s, right? Yeah. Um, do people look back and think of Radiohead in a similar way to the way that certain classic rock bands were looked at and appreciated in our time? Or is it a little bit different? Um, that's a good question. I, I, I'm not sure exactly. I mean, I feel like it's let's, a little let's, bit, yeah, let's leave that as a chew on. Let's, let's okay. think about that as we go, because I, I, I have some thoughts on that. Um, but I, I wanted to put that tickler in your ear. Yeah. Um, I think it's a little bit different, but we'll get into why for sure. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Um, my familiarity with this record, uh, and Radiohead in general, um, knew them, didn't knew the hits, liked the hits, uh, don't think I ever owned a Radiohead record. Um, Interesting. Yeah, I don't know. It just was one of those things. I got more <laughs> into the 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 punk thing as this was concurrent, you know, as this was happening. So it didn't mean I was offended by it at all. Um, but it just kind of swam in a different circle. Sure. Um. So I have heard this record before in its entirety, but it's been a minute. And my recollection of it was different than it was. Um, so loose, you know, clearly familiar with Radiohead, clearly familiar with the hits, all the hits. Yeah. Not offended, kind of liked the hits, but found that my perception of the band on an album basis, and specifically this one, was different than reality. Okay. What about you? Interesting. Um so I would have pegged you as a uh, a guy who had a copy of the Benz, maybe. Or Pablo that, that's Honey. probably that's probably the one I would have liked. I mean, I think I remember liking the Benz more. Yeah, but uh, no, never owned it. Never. <sighs> and there's something we can talk about, and I don't mind. <clears throat> as a, I think if I was four years older, which when we talk about that now, it's like. Four years is not a lot of time, <laughs> no. but when you're 16, it's a lot of time. Yeah. Um, this record came out in 1997. You said, yeah. So I was uh, 15, turning 16 in 1997. Right. The radio had been around for a while. I was aware of them. I knew them. There was a little bit of pomp and circumstance that doesn't totally relate to a suburban teen, and the people who I knew who liked radiohead definitely you know hair flip too cool for the room yeah did that impact me as a teen oh hell yes yeah did i did it make me hate radiohead no not at all but it definitely gave me a little bit of like oh yeah i mean i remember when you liked weezer like four months ago and now you like radiohead <laughs> and are pretending you're too cool for for like rock music and that's weird i don't absolutely yeah so so that was a bit of a turnoff but it was never like that like repulsion that i think we've gotten into before where it's like uh this this is something that people think is so cool and better it wasn't that but it was just as a teen i just wasn't going the radiohead route had i been 19 and not 15 i think different story i think different story for sure yeah, it was it didn't feel inaccessible. Radiohead didn't feel inaccessible, but it was no. it was it was a little cool. It was a little too college for like a 15-year-old for sure. Well, in specific ones. I wouldn't be surprised if you liked Radiohead. 
I, I did like Radiohead, but I will say that I I was the hair flip kid that got into Kid A and not uh, ah, OK Computer. There we go. There we go. That makes sense. <laughs> although although I don't I, I hope that I didn't have any sort of error about it. I just like I I missed OK Computer. I obviously knew the hits. I knew the hits on the bends. Like I was around for the MTV era, so I I knew of them. But uh, OK Computer, or sorry, um, Kid, A. Kid A hit me at a time where I think I was actively looking for anything interesting outside of punk and hardcore, and it hit yep. me at this great time where, to me, although I listen to it now and I can really just pick apart where that record came from, Yeah, at yeah. the time it felt really groundbreaking, especially for a band who had been kind of firmly in like the alt-rock category. Yep to just do something completely kind of outside of what they'd done before. Um, I thought that was interesting at the time and I really liked that record. And then I kind of went back and re-listened to OK Computer and I have a fondness for it, but I definitely don't have the type of fondness for it that certain people do. Like my wife, for example, like loves, loves, loves OK Computer she saw them on this tour. She was like, oh, wow. You know, okay. she's a yeah. little older than me. So it kind of tracks. She was like super into it at the time. And uh, for her, like, she has no interest in Kid A or anything after that, honestly. So it's, uh, it's an interesting thing. I feel like Radiohead are a band that catch you at a certain point, maybe, and they might catch you really hard. But how, you know, far along the ride you are after that or before, you know, getting on that ship. Yeah. Depends. Because I see a lot of people look at Radiohead in a lot of different ways, you know, and they're all fans. Like they'll all go maybe pay the ticket price to see them now, but they really only want to see a certain section of songs. So I don't know. It's it's interesting, but I'm a fan overall for sure. So yeah. And I would think I, I would consider myself a fan, um, <clears throat> but perhaps I would say it in the most casual sense and a potential greatest hits style fan. Um, though this listen was an interesting one and I'm excited you talked about kid a because kid a is the one I think, um, I through osmosis heard the most. Um, I had a, a friend who she really liked it and she would play it sometimes when we were around. Um, and maybe that is influencing what I thought OK Computer was more like in my vague recollection. Sure. Uh, my significant other also very much a fan of this record. So it's interesting how it hits, folks. Um, why is this the one we chose, though, by the way, since you're you're outing yourself as a Kid A guy? I don't know. I don't know how we came across this one. I think it was so... Is this Is this even their biggest record? I don't think it is. I think it it, it, you think I, think it, is? it okay. I feel like it has to be. Um Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, you're probably right. Okay, you're right, you're right, you're right. It's Karma Police is not the biggest song. Creep is the biggest song. The biggest single, I'd say. It's Creep. Um High and Dry, pretty big, but Karma Police is right there, right? Okay. Yeah. I think I think that's the that's probably the loose order. Um yeah, okay. So okay computer, it's if it's not the biggest record, it was it might be the most important. It's the one that gained a lot of talk. Um any background on Radiohead that you can share other than I didn't really do a deep dive on their history. I was shocked to find that they started in nineteen eighty five. 
Did they start in 95? Wow. 85. Crazy. Man. And um, they had a different name at in 85. Yes, it though, was on they? Friday. On a Friday. On a Friday. The original name. Right, right. Um, yes. And uh, they, you know, I don't know what their earlier material sounds like. I'm Now I'm sort of fascinated thinking about it because low-key, if people have been paying attention, we've been doing a little bit of a ride through some British music of the uh, 80s and into the 90s. And I actually think it's kind of... Um, I mean, obviously, Radiohead matters in that conversation, and where they place is even more important to me because I, I have some theories as we go through that we can we can discuss. Yeah. Um, but they definitely deserve mention. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I, I mean, anything else that you would add about Radiohead if somebody was coming to this and had never ever heard of or had given their albums a listen? Because I'm going to assume a lot of people have at least heard of Radiohead. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I, I think that um, I didn't know they formed that early, but it right I, it's, I, it throws you off. <laughs> yeah, I, I knew that they had been a band for a long time before they uh, put out their first album, which which to me is always interesting because I, I, I feel like particularly in the 90s, maybe I mean, it happens nowadays, too, for sure. But there are bit, these bands that just seem to appear out of nowhere and then have a big record deal and, you know, be doing these big tours and it never quite tracked with me. I just could never make sense of it. Um, so it's, it's nice, I guess, at least to see a band that like, I don't love Pablo honey, but it does feel like a band that kind of know that certainly knows what they're doing to a certain extent. So it makes sense that they had been in the studio before they had played a ton of shows. I imagine, you know, they had done the work essentially. Um, but yeah, I mean, one of the things that's most impressive to me about Radiohead if I'm being honest, is just the fact that it's been the same lineup the whole time. Um, yeah, that's really amazing. Actually, it's unbelievable. Um, you know, there's still a fairly active band. They've done a ton of side projects, some of which you know half of the band is involved with. I think yep. uh, Tom York and Johnny Greenwood just started another side project called The Smile. So, like, they're always writing music. Um, they at this point put a record out like every five years or so. So. Um, and a killer live act still, in my opinion. So I don't know. They've done a lot. Their career is really varied. I think the last, yes. last album to me had some hits, but like felt a little samey. Um, okay. The King of Limbs in 2011 sounded like some weirdo kraut rock record that was like totally like inaccessible, I feel like, for most people. So they're 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 certainly not like the easiest of listening for like a you know, major, major rock, pop, classic yeah. rock, whatever we want to yeah. call them, band. So they're they're really interesting in a lot of ways, I think, still. So um so I think we should get into the record more specifically. Let me let me give a couple theses. Is anything else before we start talking about okay computer more specifically? No, no. I'm good. Okay. <laughs> I was not shocked, but perhaps a bit surprised at how much of a straight-up just rock record this record is. Okay. Um, do you feel this is more of a straightforward rock record than Kid A? Yes. Okay. That is probably where I'm getting it because in my head, there was a lot more programmed stuff, a lot more, you know, not that there's not some sampling, layering, 
textured stuff, some soundscape and, and stuff in the background in the mix here. But it's not nearly as pronounced as in my head it was, both from long ago listening experience and also the way that this was treated by press at the time. Yeah. Right. This was seen as this like full on like revolution record. It's like merging all this different, different, these different sounds and blah, blah, blah. And like, truth be told, yeah, it's, it's pulling together a few different sounds. But in the way that it could have really, that could have pushed people away, I think this pulls just as much into a world where somebody who really likes U2 and Pink Floyd could love this record as someone who was more into experimental music. Oh, yeah. So that was one of my big, like, huh. Like, did they pitch this as being too weirder than it actually is? And that's that's kind of my, my take. Um overall is that this record is not nearly as weird as people tried to pigeonhole it to be. Um, <laughs> and that's for better and worse, you know, like I, I, I don't think, and maybe it's something in retrospect that we see more, but I don't find it to be a challenging listen. Mostly. Um, I found it to be interesting. I found a lot of the structures to be pretty tried and true. Yeah. Um, and so it's sort of like, hey, what's the deal? Why you call this so weird when it's honestly not all that weird? Yeah, I think I think I think you're right. I think uh, one of the things maybe is just how it feels really big. The production of it feels really big. One hundred percent. There's a there's there's kind of a you know obviously a through line through it. There's a consistent theme in the artwork and the lyrics. So so it feels more like a like a concept album, I think than a lot of things did at the time. Okay. Which, yeah. which feels big and like, like a throwback to like seventies prog or something. Um, cause that certainly wasn't something that a lot of people were doing at the time. Right. No, I agree um, with that. So maybe that's like part of it. I mean, I'm just trying to think through what it could have been. And, and oh. then I think at the same time too, it's like, I read a lot about what went on in the studio for this record. And it feels to me like if you're a deep kind of studio, like musician nerd, yeah, there's probably a lot there that made this album more interesting in that aspect. And I'm sure a lot of music journalists were talking about it at the time, but yeah. for the average lis- listener, I think to your point, it just, it, it more or less just sounds like an, an alt rock record of the time. It's an alt rock record that I think leans heavily into some more palatable, if not familiar sounds to the listener from the generation before, you know, like there are people who like rock music up to grunge and then think grunge is too aggressive. Yeah. Radiohead's not doing that. You know what I mean? Like, there might be things that they don't like about it, but it's not too aggressive in my opinion, especially not on this record. Um, I think there's also an element where look, Radiohead was not part of like, and you can correct me. I don't think of them in the way I think about Brit pop or Brit rock of the time. They were parallel to that, but they were always nodded at as being cool. Like that's not lame. They weren't a part of that scene, but they were not, not, you know, they, they was like, oh, yeah, that band's cool. You know, like, yeah. oh, they're they're creative. They were not a shoegaze band, but it was no. like they were respected in the way that those kind of they they weren't an indie band, 
but they were given nods from a lot of worlds that were like well yeah they're they're on emi <laughs> and uh yeah you know their their label label made them change their name but like those are cool musicians who are doing real stuff um and I think that matters. And I think when people want to talk about that, it's sort of like, hey, we want to nod at this and say, hey, this is this is a band that is important or maybe even more so could be important. Right. Um, and I think as it's played out, yeah, Radiohead, pr- pretty important band. And this record, pretty important record. Um, it is It is funny where they fall into place on all of that, though, because, yeah, I mean, to your point. Not a shoegaze band, but adjacent. Yep. Not a Britpop band, but adjacent. Not a grunge band, but adjacent, I would say, yep. at least up until like through the bends. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So they kind of, they don't really have a home amongst like all those genres. So yeah, it's it's interesting. And, and, and that's the thing. Like they are one of the bands where it's like, oh yes, they fit under this alternative category, this alternative umbrella. But otherwise, they are somewhat singular. So it's kind of interesting. Um, and they certainly didn't shy away from being in big spaces, you know? Like, before this record comes out, they go in and are an opening act for Alanis Morissette on her giant, like, stadium tour. So, <laughs> right. Um, you know, that's not small. And by the way, it might not have been a giant stadium tour, but an Alanis Morissette tour in 1996 is a big deal. So... For sure. Yeah, don't don't get mad if they didn't play. You know, if they played a 10,000 <laughs> 10, cap and not, you know, giant stadium. Right. Um, <clears throat> so anyways, um, yeah, you said it. I think there are a lot of themes on this record. Um, I felt that was kind of some through lines. Um, and yeah, like uh, there's so much to talk about in the tracks that I think it's going to allow for some expansion. Um before we get there, question, is this Radiohead's best record to you? No. Firmly, Kid A is my favorite Radiohead okay, record. Firmly, okay, yeah. And I would probably say I might take the Benz. I don't dislike Kid A, and I don't dislike this record. But I might put this record a little above Kid A. Okay. Um, so, you want to get to track by track? Let's go track by track. First song, Airbag. me right off the bat it sounds a little different to a lot of what was happening at the time 100 it does just have a bigger sound the production <laughs> the production on this album overall is like fantastic in my opinion um there's these effects on the drums that you know you may have heard in certain genres of music but not within you know the grunge alt rock yep you know scene that you 
would put Radiohead into. Um, there are tons of layers. It's really, really finely layered. Um, and I think it fits into a really nice hole. So, um, that's kind of the bigger picture of like what comes off to me on this song at first. And then honestly, I just, I think it's a great song. I think it's a great opener. I think it's, uh, it's catchy. It kind of builds the mood in this way. Um, and, uh, I don't know. I think it's a great track. Uh, very good track. I think I'm right on the same spot with you. Is there some big room U2 in the DNA of Radiohead? I have to think, absolutely, yeah. Like, like hearing this song and kind of, as I think about it more, it, it's I had Kid A in my head, but I heard this song to open. I'm like, oh yeah, this is a band who's not afraid of the big, the big theater. This is this is U two y. So yeah, um, not to say that it sounds like U two, but I'm like, it's got those big echoing like ability that it could play those big rooms and completely unafraid so yeah yeah good song actually a pretty strong opener in my opinion yeah agreed next song paranoid android i thought this one had like this uh this good back and forth structure um this is like kind of in the first half of the song there's a little seedling of what they were doing where it seems they wanted to hold a structure to get to the more unique bridge in that transition in the middle. Yeah. The first part of the song I didn't love because it feels weak till you get to that middle part, which is almost like signature Radiohead, in my opinion. Yeah. And 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 as, as I was listening on the first listen, I'm like, eh, I don't know about this song. Second listen, I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I really like this from, from the middle to the, the second half. And I'm like, oh, okay. So, so the second half of the song is basically like, they took the first half and, and let it unravel and unspool. So I was like, okay. So the setup is a little long. The track is overall a little too long, but I enjoyed it. I, I think it's a good song. The second half saves it. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, this is one of the hits, though. I mean, if uh, a lot of people yep. have surely heard this song. Um, I I think where it falls in the record, I, I do think it's kind of a seamless transition from Airbag. So I think the placement of it is great. Um it it feels like when I listen to it again because I haven't I hadn't revisited this record in a long time. Right. It felt uh, just so much bigger than I remember. I mean, like yeah. if you have a Radiohead, it's a big song, or if you have a radio hit, it's a big song, right? Obviously, but like this felt like big, big in the way that like it's like a Queen song or something feels big, um, just because it has like these distinct pieces. It's like over six minutes long. It's just like a really big song. So I'm with you on a lot of that, except that you're right. Structurally, there's a lot of queen elements where there's parts, there's movement. I think the flow is decent in song. I do like that transition from airbag into paranoid Android. However, I just don't, I'm not grabbed by the first half of the song. Okay. And that's kind of one of the big things to me. If you're going to have a multi, segment song if there's going to basically be movements within a song i want to be pulled in and i basically had to like uh recalculate upon hearing the second half of the song like okay i guess i can find some appreciation for the first half through this interesting but but yeah no it's 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 a good song it's a good song 
Interesting. See, I, I think I'm in on it. Like of of yeah, all the Radiohead, in. yeah, of all the Radiohead like radio hits, I'm I'm in on this one. So, um, really, okay. I don't know. I feel like this one flies by at like it's it's a long song. It flies by. I think it's super catchy. I like the time changes. I do like I'm, the time changes. Uh, I'm in on it. And for me, it drags just a bit. So okay, like that, like that difference. I do. I agree with you though in that I like the second half more. Stronger second half. Yeah. Third track, Subterranean Homesick Alien. Um, great song. I'm a big fan of this song. Um, uh, the 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 title of it is a little corny. I mean, <laughs> it's like it's like a very obviously a reference to Bob Dylan, um, yeah. Subterranean Homesick Blues. But like, it's uh, yeah. I mean, as a song, I really I really like it. I think so. It's it's. I think similar to Paranoid Android, there's a bit of a gentle start to the song. Mm-hmm. Um, and here's where I started to notice some of the things about Big Room Records. The vocals have a detached, biggish feel, but they're they're really strong. So there's no argument there. It's not like it feels removed from the music either. Big spacey moments. It's got this meandering drift. So I am fully bought in for the flow and the direction of the song. I actually really like this one. I like this song more than uh, Paranoid Android. Fair. I can see that. All right. Exit music for a film. And get dressed Before This is another great song. I think I'm. I'm wow. What, okay. what, what I'm. What I'm hinting at here is, and I'll. I'll get to my criticisms, but <laughs> I, I. I think that the the weaker moments of this record are later in the record. Oh, um, interesting. I, I, okay. I think the front is actually really, really strong. Um, the song title I think is really fitting for the mood of this song. Um, I love the feel of it. I love how it seamlessly transitions into this like really big climax at the end. Okay. Um. Yeah, overall, big fan. That's we're in a really different place on this one, and maybe on this record. Um, okay, this one, this song's a little bit listless for me. Um, okay, so we get the transition from acoustic to that symphonic to almost ambient as we go through this so- song. Yep, but there's a bit where it's like a held note, you know, and it just kind of holds. Um, there is some soundscaping as you move through the song. It's not in a particularly engaging way. But, and I think you're right, um, I like how it crescendos, how it comes to a, a, a bigger moment. And I think it sets the stage for Karma Police, which is a couple tracks down. Um, additionally, on repeat listens, this is, this I, call, I literally wrote, this is a grower, not a shower. First <laughs> listen, I was not in. On the third listen, I think I had kind of gotten to the flow more. So I don't dislike the song, but at, at first blanche, it, it didn't stick with me like some of the others. Interesting. See, I, I think that 
I think that Radiohead as a band or a grower, not a shower. I think it, that's true too. I mean, like every record, every song really. Um, and the more that I listen to this record, even, I mean, even just for this exercise, because honestly, this was never my go-to Radiohead record. Yeah. Um, I, I found myself liking certain songs more as I went through it more. So, yeah. So in, in a similar way, and, and it's sonically very different, but um, okay, this is a few years later. There's a certain element of this record that reminds me of the the Portishead record, Dummy. Sure. That, sure. that record is a grower, not a shower to me as well, actually. But I always, I the, upon first listen, I, I like that record considerably more. But it's the kind of record you can have on, and it's not a, hey, you got to be, if you put your head into the record, you're going to find a lot. But it can be on, and you can kind of really enjoy your your the room it provides for you, right? Yeah. In my in my opinion, some of the love that was and kind of high praise and like oh revolutionary note that was kind of put upon this record maybe dummy deserves, but um, both strike me as that 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 like oh this has a unique thing going on and the more you listen the more you're gonna kind of find yourself and find what you enjoy in it. So I think I think Radiohead probably would have admittedly taken a lot from Portishead yeah. at this point. I think um, so too. Yeah, I mean, they, so. they, they took one of their drummers years later. So yeah, I, I was going to say it's, it's not with, I, we mentioned the, the, you know, Brit rock, Brit pop, shoegaze, grunge, etc. I think it's not with, without mention that Radiohead was very aware of some of the more electronic music scene that was going on in the UK. For sure. And is there the opportunity that Radiohead was the most mainstream friendly <laughs> um, opportunity for press to kind of heap the revolutionary status on from all of these different walks and say, oh, they're fusing everything? Maybe. And they, they did in a way, but maybe less so than they were given credit for. Right. So... I digress. Um, next song, Let Down. This is my favorite song on the record, Bob. Whoa! Yeah. Okay. Is that is that a hot take? I don't know if that's a hot take, but it's it's this is the peak. Oh uh, wow! Well, yeah, I mean, well, I, I mean, I'll, I'll spoil it. I'm I might be higher on the B side than the A side. Okay. And I, I you are clearly an A side over the B side. Um, one thing I didn't note was I think this record gets sort of labeled as this like super down kind of low uh, melancholy record, but it's it's really got some bright shine to it, and yeah. this is one of them. Um, and I think this is where you feel that uh, amalgamation of a bunch of different sounds, and where they were not afraid to take some of the Brit rock and stadium stuff and big sound and making it coalesce without being corny. Yeah, yeah, I think this is a good song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, obviously, big fan of this song. Um, for me, it's the height of the album. I love the mood of it. I think to your point, yeah, it's like you do think of this record as being like kind of this dark, depressing kind of album because it has. Yeah. I think because the mood is probably depressing. It's just like you know, technology was somewhat new at the time. Everybody was on their computers on instant messenger or something, and they kind of looked into the future and 
saw what they thought was not a great direction for humanity, right? So like, um, and look where we are now. We all have our phones attached to our faces. So it uh, yeah. it, it it worked out kind of as they as they saw it happening. Yeah, I guess they, in they ways, envisioned a uh, uh, rainy day uh, in a cafe and everyone staring at their computers, being sad. And uh, what we've gotten is everybody staring at their phones, walking into poles. So not that different, you know? <laughs> yeah, not that different. Yeah. Um, Good song. But- I would not call it my favorite, but I'm I'm actually now more intrigued by it. Um, that it's your favorite song to go in a little bit. What makes just, it your favorite I, song? I, I love the layers of guitars on it. I yep. love the percussion on it. I think that arpeggiated guitar, um, that's, it's like, it's played in a different time signature than the rest of the instruments. Yes, yes, yes. I, I, I love that effect. I think it sounds so great. Um, it sounds good on, on speakers. It sounded good on my headphones. Listen, um, it's like this, just this really spacey quasi psychedelic feel, um, I love, love, love the climax of the song, which it's like, like four minutes in or so, um, where the, 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 the guitars that I'm talking about really shine, I think. Yeah. Um, I read, apparently they were going for a sort of Phil Spector feel on this, like a wall of sound thing, which I yep. think they like excelled at. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's just, to me, it's, I feel like it's one of the brighter songs on the album. Yep. hundred percent. Um, and they do that, but it, but it still has that melancholy feel that matches the rest of the records. And, uh, and the production, I just think like really shines on this one. So yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's great. I think, so. it, yeah, I think it's great. I think, um, you nailed it. This, it also has a little bit of an older feel sonically than, you know, I would say this has, it feels very of the time in the nineties overall, but this one actually has a little bit of a throwback to, to maybe even sixties, uh, Brit rock, just yeah. a little bit in the tempo. Yeah. So, Certainly more than anything else on the record. Um, uh, the little song called Karma Police. <laughs> yeah, this is a little song. Um, they did okay with this one. Top um, 50 th- song of the 90s? Yeah. Maybe even more defining than that? Maybe top 20? Top yeah, it might tw- be 25. Yeah. yeah, I think maybe 25, yeah. Um, uh, really nice sense of pacing and drama. Um I think the vocals hit a very unique place, especially when it comes to like a radio single where it's between this whine and a strain that um, I am sure maybe one out of every 10 people will go, oh my God, please just put the dog down. Jesus. <laughs> um, but but I, I think of those other nine, there's going to be five to six who really appreciate it and enjoy it. Um, unique melodies uh, that find familiarity uh, with some of the scaling as you're listening um it's one of the it's unique in that way on this record that that i can't think of many other songs on here that do, do the dun 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 but you get it here and it's like that's a that's a radio trick essentially like <laughs> oh oh this is easy to listen to okay i can follow right. this in my brain yeah um, the layering is not as overt as it is on other songs which again plays into it being very pop accessible um and i think it's vital in integrating those kind of sample elements um onto a song that adds bass is pretty straightforward (laughs) you know um i think it's a really good song uh you know is it the best radio headset no is it my favorite song on this record um maybe not I, i do like it but it's not my favorite song on the record 
Yeah, no, I think you you summed it up really well. I I, I think there's a reason that this song hit as hard as it did. Um, I also think that it it just I I think the some of the reasons that these Radiohead songs hit so big at the time is they they just provided something a little bit different than what was happening. Yeah. Um, there there was just a there's more space to these songs. They they all they do have that big like U two kind of sing along feel that you're talking about. Yep. Um, but it also just feels it's it's like a modernized version of that in a lot of ways. Um so yeah, I I, I think this is a great song. Um I really, really like the, you know, for a minute there kind of section in the middle. Um the I lost myself kind of section, you know. Um I think that's a great part. I think this feels like a stadium song to me and oh, uh, yes. it's, it's no wonder that it like hits so big. So yeah, I mean, I think it's a great song, but I'm, I think I'm personally more interested in the kind of studio heavy kind of like layered songs on this album in general and not so much the hits, but, but that being said, I think it's a good song. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, fitter, happier. It's a vibe track. It's cool. Yeah, vibe track. Do it's we consider this a song? I no, mean, it's a vibe track. This it, is it like keeps, this, it just keeps it moving, right? <laughs> yeah, this is what they come on stage to on the OK Computer tour, right? So like, right. it's it 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 makes for a vibe. Um, I, I think that with an album this big, something like this really fits well. Um, I can always kind of do without this sort of thing, but at the same time, I think it it doesn't take away from the record. It doesn't add to the record much. It's it's fine. Yes, correct. Um, yes, it's fine. It's cool. My only note was vibe track. It's cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Electioneer. So this is where it starts to drag for me, man. Um, I think this is a weird song. It's it's a little weird. I think I think it would have fit better on a different album, um, or as like a B side or something like that. Yep. Um, uh, I think um, it just feels out of place. I mean, it like it feels more like a song that could have been on the Benz to me. Yeah, um, I feel you. So yeah, I mean it's I, it's I don't, more upbeat. It's rocking. Um, there's some varied percussion here. I think it's an interesting fit. And my big thing was, does this fit with the rest of the record? I don't think so. I think this is the most sore thumb track on the record. Absolutely, and it's not a bad song. It's not a bad no, it's song. Not. It's just not. It doesn't totally fit the rest of the record, which is really interesting when you go through. You know, as you start basically the second half of this record right here. 
So. Exactly. And that's what I was going to say. I don't even dislike this record. I think I would have liked it on the Benz. I would have liked it as a B-side. Yeah, um, yeah. It's 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 just that uh for a 54 minute record, yes. I think it it it's unnecessary. So so just as a note, because we're talking about A-side, B-side, we do that with the vinyl stuff sometimes as far as the record lays out. Um this is actually the start of the C-side because it was a double LP. Yeah. <laughs> so shout out to them. But so that does also place it um, fitter, happier is the first song on the C side, which is the first side of the second disc. Uh, if you're going vinyl on this. So it's a weird start because then it moves right into the track climbing up the walls, which I think is like a very natural follow up to Karma Police. It's got this okay. dark feel. And if you were someone who came to OK Computer because you heard Karma Police on the radio and you liked it, you're really happy to stay for this. Um, almost a five-minute song, but I don't feel the length on this one, and I really like this song. Cool. Yeah, I'm in, I'm in on this song. I actually, on first listen, I probably listened to this record like three or four times for this exercise. Yeah. On first listen... Coming off electioneering, I was like, "Ah, I think this is another cut track." But by by the fourth listen, I was I was in on it. I actually th- I I ended up liking it a lot. Yeah, this um, is this is in the in the running for favorite song of the record. I actually really wow. like some of the changes. Yeah, I, I really enjoy Strong. it. I, I kind of think because I'm I think electioneering off Karma Police is such a drop just in terms of tone. Yeah, and that. I think it sets the second half of the record up in a weird way. Um, and yeah, so anyways, when, when you say you're more a fan of the A side and I eventually get to being like, man, I, I kind of like this B side. It's not without its faults, you know? Um, sure. So uh, moving on to the song, No Surprises. Um, I think this is a beautiful song. Beautiful. I, love song. I, I found it very pleasant. Um, and I yeah. think this is trying to find the range on how can we write a uh, a medium like between some of our darker material and then you know some of the stuff that we're doing with with let down or or electioneering even um it's the what i call a sunny day slow song yeah <laughs> you know tom york described it as a fucked up nursery rhyme which i thought was hey good. we're on the same plane um yeah very intentional slower pace to much of the record and you feel it here and i think it made it unique in the alt landscape of the time, right? Like there's a lot doing the like driving, like do, 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 do. And it's kind of moving and it's got, you know, it's pretty quick, but they, they got kind of like a half step down throughout the record. Even on some of the more like brighter, sunnier material. Um, So I like this one, even though it's a little bit tonally different, especially coming off climbing up the walls. It is totally different, although I somehow I, I do feel like it still fits the overall vibe of the record. Much more so than electioneering, no question. Yeah, it fits, yeah, it yeah, fits yeah. in. They found that medium place where I would like I said, like with electioneering, I'm like, oh, this is upbeat, it's rocking, uh, eh, it's very it doesn't but it doesn't fit. Whereas no surprises has some of those elements, but it's more like a pleasant there's a little bit more ambient uh sound in what no surprises is doing than what they were doing with electioneering. Yeah. Yeah, I think this is one of the highlights of the album for me. I'm yes. not sure where exactly it falls, but I, I really like this. Yeah, one. this was the one that noted to me like, man, do I like the B side more? And I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna cement myself there, but I, this song was part of that. 
lucky. I think this is the most arena rock moment of the album. Am <laughs> this, I wrong? This is the most Pink Floyd moment on the record, I think. Um, I mean, that's arena rock, right? Oh, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's way. of a different yeah. era. No, it's very yeah. big. What I found with Lucky and then the last song, The Tourist. Yep. Uh, Lucky is the emerging song. Um, and it's almost something that should be a genre. Um, coming out of the dark into the bright kind of song. And it's something that <laughs> you will know this now that I've said it to you. When bands or artists don't know how to finish records and don't want to finish on some dark, somber note, there ends up being this like, oh, it's the cocoon awakening. Um, you get it on a lot of like <clears throat> a lot of solo rock records of the seventies, eighties, and early nineties. Yeah. But it's like, oh, we need to this is the wake up track. Cause we, we can end this record on a dark note, or we can kind of try to like have it be a little uplift at the end. Um <laughs> and that's where this starts to feel like to me. Um I do think there's some strong texture here. Uh, major Pink Floyd energy to me um, and just yeah, like absolutely. it really is vibrating and I'm like oh okay right um, so yes I, I agree with your your stadium arena uh, note I think that's that's this definitely there I, I like this song um, I don't know that I love it but I do like it I think they, yeah. they did it well no I, I like this song overall a lot I, I like the breakdown of the build up like at like the halfway mark three minute mark which is um, which a is lot. a note of the kind of emerging song feel yeah, for those last yeah, two songs. Yeah, yeah. It has more builds and then breaks and opens up, you know, that kind of whole thing. I think the notable thing about this, um, outside of, you know, speaking about the kind of musicianship of the song itself, it's this was the only song that was recorded outside of the sessions for this album. So oh, this was recorded in 1995, I think, for a compilation that Brian Eno was doing. Um, and the rest of the record was recorded, I think, at some point in '96 or early '97. Oh, inter- that's um, really interesting, actually. Yeah. So, so, and oh. this was recorded like in a matter of hours or something, or they did it in like a day. Okay. So, so it's it's interesting to me that it sounds like so much a part of this record because it was that like its inception was kind of entirely apart from the whole record. Oh, it's fascinating. So, it, yeah, it adds to the idea of the. Um, the kind of headiness to how they put this record together. That's cool. Yeah. Neat. I like that. <clears throat> um, and the last track, The Tourist. Again, I, I would say it continues with that wake-up feel that I, I noted with Lucky. I think if, as you say that, I go, I wonder how it doesn't bleed off of Lucky, but it certainly flows very well off of it. Yeah. It feels a touch tacked on. Um, 
in terms of like, I don't, it, it, uh, it's, it's, it's good. It's a good song. I don't know yeah. that I feel like it's a strong closer. Pete, you are our closer expert. <laughs> <laughs> is this Ex- str- expert? I don't know. I just I, I tend to have strong opinions. Yeah, okay. I mean, you are a closer connoisseur. Yeah, I mean, I I I like this song. It's definitely. I mean, the highs on this album are so high. Yeah. That um, this one, yeah, it's it's a very mellow song. It's like it's a ballad to close out this big record. Yep. It feels like a closer. Um, what I do like about it is that. It does feel like a reprieve. I mean, there's a lot going on in this whole record, and this yes. kind of finally gives you some breathing space. Yeah, and there's something to that. I think there's a part of me that appreciates that, and then a part of me that feels like it's rote, um, sure. just in terms of structure, because I thought a lot of the rest of this record didn't feel... It felt structurally familiar, but not structurally um, like derivative or boring. You know, and and not that this is boring, but it was like, oh, this is familiar in a way that I I kind of know what the energy is here, and and it doesn't yeah. feel as challenging or creative as some of the other stuff they were doing. No, I agree with you. I mean, I don't I don't have anything super special to say about this song. I just I don't mind it as a closer, but it it definitely doesn't like leave you. You know, it doesn't leave a mark on you the way that a lot of these songs do. Yeah, yeah, so. I'm with it. All right. Um, heat we're getting into the ratings we get into the ratings before we do i do want to ask you this in 2005 q magazine named okay computer the 10th best progressive rock album of all time would you consider this record a prog rock album no like not really in any way (sighs) no me neither uh but i'm not mad and i'll listen to the argument about it Though I, would, I mean, I'd like to see the other. For me to, yeah, I know, I know. I, it would be hard for me to come around all the way on that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it. Uh, I'd have to see what what else is on that list to really give a judgment. But I mean, I don't, I don't. What was going on in the '90s in terms of like prog rock? I'm not sure. I, I think it was moving. Uh, I think I think it's it's tough because to me it's like oh, they were aware of prog rock more so than anything else like they were they knew it they were not they were clearly aware of some of it and i just wonder if people kind of put that on there like as a oh yeah you know um hey this is uh <laughs> yeah it is i mean is, you I, know i think to the point that you brought up earlier though it is funny how people i i guess when we say people it's like like music journalist types really um talk about this record as being so advanced yeah yeah and it really like i i I don't know is it is it really i'm not sure (laughs) and i don't and that's the thing i i was i was hesitant to say it because i don't want right i don't want it to be taken as a slight at this whatsoever because it's it's certainly not yeah um i think it's actually like really cool um that it's respected and I think it's a creative, really cool record. But I also think in a way it's more straightforward than people would on first blush or like in the way that it's kind of just uh, like out there, like give it credit that it's like, Hey, this is also just like a record. If you like rock music, you could probably put this on and enjoy it. You know? Yeah. Like that's, it doesn't need to be anything more than that for it to be cool. You know? Yeah. So I don't, I don't know. I really think um, 
sometimes music press certainly does too much to try to sell something which they don't need to do. <laughs> yeah, know? yeah. No, I, I think that's a good point. And the record is really good. Uh, defining a defining record for a defining band of the era, you know? So I think that, I think that matters. Okay. I agree. I got one question before we jump into Please. The, the rating. So, um, this is an open-ended question and I can co- contribute to it myself, but, yes. uh, do you feel like this band is really pretentious? <sighs> That's a really interesting question. Because, because, and I asked that because of what you hinted at at the beginning, where yeah, I don't think I know, they are. I don't okay. think they are. I, I think that it was like, like <sighs> there are bands that I love that are pretentious. There are bands that I hate that are pretentious. Yeah, Radiohead doesn't strike me as pretentious, especially in the way. Okay, this is a really interesting thing. When thinking about Radiohead, for some reason it brought me to thinking about Smashing Pumpkins. Okay. Sonically, bands who were doing two really different things, even though they were timeline-wise. Yeah, not all, but... Not all that far off, yeah. yeah you know, timeline-wise, they were in a very similar space. The The real comparison I would make is that neither in a space, and in spaces where many bands shied away from the big room sound or major label stuff or were trying to, like blaze their own trail neither radiohead nor the smashing pumpkin seemed afraid to be like no no we want to play stadiums right we want to be the biggest band in the world smashing pumpkins are 10 times more pretentious than radiohead (laughs) (laughs) um and if you were to ask it's like well no like you know like no smashing yo read any interviews with Billy Corgan, who I say this man is pretentious, even though he's been heavily involved in pro wrestling for some time. Um, (laughs) Just, there was a weird carrying of smashing pumpkins in a way that it was more precious than Radiohead carried Radiohead. And somebody might prove me wrong. Somebody might say, no, 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 Tom York, Hey, I'll hear it all. I'm just saying on a touch test, as a 16-year-old, I thought the average Radiohead listener I encountered maybe was a little bit pretentious. Sure. As a whole band, I don't think so. I mean, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. I just, I, I think it's funny because you and I, similar ages, I think similar experiences where yep. even when I was into Kid A, I was like, I felt, I felt funny about it because I associated them as being very pretentious and people who listened to them as being very pretentious. Um, but oh, now, I mean, go, yeah, go ahead. But, but, but going back and like listening to these records and thinking about it, it's like, well, yeah, maybe some of the people that were listening to them were like, oh man, this is the future of rock music. This <laughs> is true. like, oh, this yeah. is, this is it. Like, you know, everything else they're leaving the other bands in the dust. They're doing yeah. something entirely new. So that was definitely a thing, but the band themselves, I, I feel like they're just genuine, like kind of studio nerds like they just yeah. want to be in the studio and make weird sounds and i think that's right you know see how it works itself out so and they, yeah, they had really more in common they had more in common with um with somebody you know uh uh the guys from uh bachman turner overdrive than they do with <laughs> the guys from kiss despite right. the fact that in popularity they're a lot closer to kiss than bto true um, true you're not wrong too. Also, there might have been that. I, I vaguely remember that energy that wasn't 
that was sort of like uh, grunge music's dead. Now here's Radiohead. You know, right, like right. Oh, that stuff's yesterday's news. Here's Radiohead, and and that probably pervade a bit. So. Especially with Kid A, where it was oh, like, oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. full blown. Like this is turning Rock the page on music. Here we go. Yes. Yeah. So which is which is interesting. And it's really interesting in hindsight because Kid A comes out in two thousand. It's probably two two and a half years before we hit the full blown like stripped down rock revival, you know, of the Strokes and yeah yeah yeahs and all that stuff mm-hmm. to kind of was like the the last gasp of like guitar music's not gonna die <laughs> and that's the last gasp um pete let's talk about radiohead okay computer and give it our ratings um let's start with holistic quality um how good is this record out of 20 and this is more on the personal level right holistic personal level and just kind of like is this a good record yeah it's a good record and you just kind of the like where, where would you place it yeah, I'm going to give it a 16 out of 20. We're in the same place, 16 out of 20. There was a part of me that that started with it a little lower um, because I don't totally have the personal resonance that many have with it. But on the process of listening over and over, I'm like, no, this is this is just a good record. Like, I, it, You'd be hard-pressed to find many better records of this ilk within five years on either side of it. You know what I mean? So absolutely. Um, highs of this record out of ten. I think the highs on this record are pretty high. I gave it a ten, Bob. Wow. Okay. Like I, I, I think that the hits on this record are so great, and I think that there's there's a reason that this record is kind of beloved by so many people, and like I honestly got like chills during. Uh, during uh let down all right i love that i love certain certain highs on this record hit it for me so like yeah that's what music's no, meant to do dude, i i gotta give it its credit i love it i love that energy i give it a seven um and i think those highs are really good i i, I don't i just think i probably didn't have as many as of them as you did uh, but i do think the highs of this record are really good now here's where i'm going to throw you for a loop lows okay out of ten <laughs> i gave it a five i gave it an eight Wow. Just because I, you know, so electioneering, f- good song, but a little out of place. Yeah. I like Climate the Walls a lot. No surprises. I like that song a lot. Lucky and the Tourist, a little weaker, but I think on their own, on a full standalone, I'm not offended by them at all. Um, I think Exit Music, lower end for me, and you, you feel much more strongly, but I just felt like the lows um, this record just is a steady for me. And and so it was funny. I was like, oh man, I'm not going to give this, I'm going to give this a higher low score than a high because I just didn't feel, I felt like it held up pretty well. So Sure. That's great. I, I feel like we evened out ultimately. Yeah, that's right. Um, competency and peer review out of 10. And this one's a little hard. Like how does this stand up to its peers um, when, when we also have said it's kind of singular record? Yeah. I, I, mean, I often I get, will use this as a comparison to their own work. We did this with a uh, another record we either we've talked about or will talk about David Bowie, and mm-hmm. that was how do you who do, who is David Bowie's peers? You know, right? <laughs> so right, sometimes right. it's against themselves. Yeah, I mean, I think that they, as a band, every record has been fairly different. So I I think that there's always kind of like a progression going on there. 
um, I had to give it a nine because I feel like it it really stands out amongst the records of the time. Even though we said that, you know, it is kind of firmly in the alt rock kind of camp. Um, the production of it, what went into it, I think the 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 kind of grand scope of it. Yeah, there's some there's something special about it, um, and it's a bunch of dudes who like clearly know what they're doing. So I gave it a nine. Yeah, I gave it a seven. I think it's really, really, I mean, they're clearly highly competent. Um, and I just might fall on the, I, I was more excited for Oasis at the moment um, than them. Fair enough. <laughs> Drag Although, factor. Uh, yeah. What Be Here Now didn't really deliver, unfortunately. No, 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 no. It's yeah. okay. It's okay. Um, we should do that though because it's I got agree. hits. I think there's, yes. I think we actually might do a rock block Oasis one. Where we kind of talk, oh, I'd love to do that. Go from definitely maybe for to be here now, just in a kind Let's of fun it. way. Um, drag factor out of ten. How did this record drag at all? Uh, a little bit. So I gave it. I gave it an eight. I gave it a six. It does drag a little. It's just there's some longer parts. It's a it's a 54 minute record. Yeah. Flow. I mean, you and I hate long records, and we didn't. I didn't we, no hate we, here, and we aren't hating on this. No, so. no, because and there's moments where I actually found myself going, "Oh wow, I'm like f- almost you know like four minutes into the song, and I'm not I'm not tired of it. You know, I'm, I'm yeah. feeling it. So yeah. that speaks to some of the song structures that speaks to a strength in the writing. So kudos. Flow out of 10. How well does this song, how well do the songs flow? How well do they flow into each other? How well does this album flow overall? I gave it an eight too on that. Seven. Really good. Um, aesthetic, overall look, feel. And I think in aesthetic, we can continue, we can, especially if there's a bit of a theme to it, we can consider that too. I gave it a seven. Okay. I gave that a seven too. Okay. Impact and influence out of 10. I, gave, I it a, gave it a nine. I gave it an eight. I think it's so. Here's the interesting part. I think it was huge. I think it was important. I think it did influence a lot of things. But if you were to ask me, who are some direct descendants from the Radiohead tree of influence? There are some, but sonically, they don't totally sound like <laughs> this, you know? Right. Um, but I think well, it's the, also they might be influenced by different eras of Radiohead yes, and like all yes, this. Yes. So yeah, so it was an eight. Still, I mean, it's it's a wildly important record. And the intangibles. So what is there that is just in the ether? Um, he, I, I might surprise you. I went with a four. I really like this record, but some of the specialness that I know it holds for a lot of people, it doesn't for me. Interesting. Which isn't to say like it's 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 a really good record, but I, I don't have the magical connection to it. Yeah, I mean, you know, it is what it is. I, I I really don't feel like I have the magical connection to it in the way that people do either. But just because I listen to it now and I really enjoy it, and I understand why it was such an impactful record for certain people. But yeah. it's one of those things too, where like if you miss it, you just miss it. Yep. Right. Like yep. I don't I don't know that there are people going back to it. And I, having that sort of fondness for it, the way that they, if they had heard it in 97 when it came out, yes. would have. And, and like I said, had I been 19 and heard it and then went and saw them, oh my God, you know, yeah. like, could have been a totally different experience. Um, exactly. Where, where did you give it with the intangibles? I gave it a seven. Perfect. That's totally reasonable. I came out at a 70 and I am betting you're somewhere closer to 80. I'm 79. Right there. All right. Very good. I feel good about these ratings. Nice. Um, 
Yo, I think Radiohead, Radiohead, Radiohead is a band that deserves a little more shine in 2022. It is funny. I mean, like they're one of those bands I was thinking before when you were just talking about their shows and stadiums and all this, like when they tour, cause they don't tour, tour that often they're playing, you know, uh, Madison square garden. They're playing yep. the Barclays center. They're playing all of the, all of the big, 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 big venues yep. and the tickets are expensive and all this and they yep. sell out quick, but like you never hear people talking about them all that much. Um, but I don't know. I mean, are, I, they, I think are that's... they in the weird like Paul McCartney in the '90s wave of their career, where the audience is what it is, and they're just going to go? And they, it's like, yes, I, I can afford to pay four hundred dollars for a ticket. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I, mean, I, I think I, they're I, there. It's a weird I, thing because it becomes a, a barrier to entry for some people. I agree. I think we are kind of there. I mean, like if their new band, the Smile Tour, like they're probably still going to play a stadium and it's just going to be the same people that would be at a Radiohead show. Right. Like I, I'm not convinced yeah. that they're like bringing on new fans at this point in any way. So no, me neither. But I think honestly doing, you know, doing the Benz, okay. Computer kid. A, um, that's a rock block, man. Yeah. It is. You know, that's that's a pretty important thing. And I think, you know, the last time that, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, I think In Rainbow's got a f- pretty fair amount of attention. I don't know if it was warranted. That's a lot of people's favorite Radiohead record. Right, which is interesting. Um, yeah. But that, which is not, I, I, I'd I have a hard time arguing with that. I'm not going to lie. Oh, interesting. It, it is 15 years ago. I think that's 2007. So maybe yep. you know, like that's that's nuts. So it's interesting. Um, Radiohead, okay, computer, check it out. Bob, are you going to add it to your collection? Um, probably not. <laughs> Here's what I'll do. I'm going to add it to some rotation, though. That which might be even more important because uh, I don't feel passionately that I need to own this. But if it ends up in my rotation. Um, in terms of like this is this is to me good working music. Um, I won't be distracted. Sure. It's nice, I, you know. Um, if someone calls me or or walks into the room, I'm not like uh, there's no. Uh, it's a little different than if if uh, Rain and Blood is playing. Um, sure. <laughs> so you'll, uh, you'll add it to a Spotify playlist. I'll add it to a Spotify playlist. Pete, do you own this one? I got it. You got it. Got uh, everybody, it. go follow us on Instagram and Twitter at at tracks pod and send us those beautiful wonderful beaming emails to trackspod at gmail.com leave us a review on apple on the podcast app five stars, five stars only. only yes that's what we say and uh until we'll next see you time. next week <laughs>